0: Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, now. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, 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 man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Caught. Touchdown to Cordy, Marvin Jones. Right. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Right. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in D Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. We are back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast on a Wednesday, July 8th. Wednesday, July 8th, I can't believe it. This is Derek Ocree, your host. I'm at Derek Ocree on Twitter. I'm coming to you solo today, but I got a jam-packed show. Really excited about it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm not going to do too many news and notes off the top. I just got a couple quick things, then we'll get into our main topic for the day. The, the, The main news and notes I have is that the Detroit Lions have let me down. They really have. I mean, I predicted weeks and maybe even a month ago, whatever it was, that... The Detroit Lions and Bob Quinn were going to go out and shock the world and sign Jadeveon Clowney, the big defensive end, basically the top free agent that was on the board in this free agent class, and he's still available. I said it would happen right before July 4th. They did not go out and do that. Most of you know I'm half kidding because I did that show knowing that they probably weren't going to do so. I'm not a big proponent of going out and spending huge money in certain areas, but for a defensive end, for a guy with this type of athleticism and skill set, mm-hmm. the Detroit Lions' biggest hole is a defensive end, a rush player that could play opposite of Trey Flowers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I know they have a different scheme to some degree, but a guy like that can do nothing but help you. So, real disappointed. I mean, they didn't meet my deadline of July 4th. It could still happen. There's been no rumblings. You know, there's been other teams talked about for Clowney, but nobody um, for the Detroit Lions. But who knows? It could still happen. But uh, if it doesn't, Bob Quinn, you let me down. I think it was another chance to help your football team and, and, you know, give them a better chance to win this year. But I can understand not doing it uh, if you're buying the guys you currently have and uh, what you have going forward. We will talk about those guys you have going forward. As I'm going to look at the 2020 Detroit Lions football team, and I broke them into three categories. Uh, first category is kind of like your core pieces or guys that you lean on to win ball games. Some of your top players at different positions. The middle tier is what most NFL teams are made of. Those are just all types of players that uh, you know. They're starters, they're backups, they're good players, but they're they're obviously not going to be all pros or or be those elite NFL prospects. But they are, you know in the mix to be not only on the football team, but good contributors. And then I have a third column, which is kind of those guys that, are on the 90-man roster now, but are probably going to uh, not be on this football team when they start playing real football games. So we'll get to that in one moment. I just want to talk about one more thing off the top here, and that's uh, the draft picks being signed. I I feel like a couple have trickled in. I want to say, you know, Jonah Jackson signed a few weeks ago. I want to say Stenberg is signed. And the big news was that DeAndre Swift signed on the dotted line. And, man, this guy just looks like a pro already. He's uh, somebody put on Twitter. He's already iced up. He had a real nice, uh, you know, watch going, he had bracelets, whatever he had. He looked like he was in shape, ready to go. And uh, I'm just really excited about this prospect. I was doing some work on some other projects this week. And I saw somebody say, Oh yeah. Deandre Swift. He was a reach in the second round or the Detroit lions. You know, that's a luxury pick. They didn't really need him. And this wasn't even Grifka saying that kind of garbage, that kind of negative garbage. This was national, you know, people online saying that. And I mean, I can understand some of the people thinking that running back's a little bit devalued, or you can get it in different ways. But DeAndre Swift, I mean, the people that are proponents of his, and even some of the people that didn't like the pick for whatever reason, they said that he was like a top fifteen prospect in the entire draft, and you got him at thirty, uh, what thirty five overall. I mean. This guy's going to be a ball player. I don't have many questions about it. I'm excited to have him. I have kind of dwindled a little bit on carry on, you know, just because of his injuries and because when he has been out there, other than flashes, he hasn't shown me what I thought he would after that first little bit, but I'm definitely not giving up on him as a player, but really excited to have Deandre Swift locked up. I think all the fans out there should be excited. This is a guy that to me is just the prototypical 2020 NFL running back. He can do it all. You know, he runs low to the ground, he's shifty, he could score in the red zone, he can catch it, he can pass protect, he's a good guy off the field, all the things you look for. So I'm really excited about that. Now, I wanted to bring this up off the top before our main topic because we got no Jeff Okuda signed. You know, I haven't heard that uh, maybe maybe Julian Okwara got signed. I should know that, but uh, I don't have it right in front of me. He may have got inked up. But we'd like to get, you know, make sure Cephas is is locked up. And I'm curious to see what Huntley has. And you got Pennicini and Cornell and, and and those guys in there. So, you know, the rookie contracts are so easy now. You know, they're just straightforward, sign on the dotted line. I don't know why this isn't done. We're three weeks away from training camp and lots of other question marks up in the air, obviously. But i like to get these guys signed up, especially Jeff Okuda, and make sure we're ready to roll. And I don't expect any problems, but it's always better when they're signed up and you can get them totally ready and out on the field and don't have to mess around. So I don't expect any type of issues from Okuda, but Okuda, Swift, Okwara... Jonah Jackson, I mean, has me excited. I do have a few new questions about Jonah Jackson. I know he played really good at the senior bowl, but I got to watch him on a couple other things I was doing for pro football focus. And man, there's times where he didn't look on balance, didn't look very physical, just didn't really excite me. So I know I've been a proponent of that pick because of his attitude and some of the things he brings to the table, but there's, there's still some things that worry about him just being able to plug right in and, and be a, a solid dominant guard. I think you might see some inconsistencies there, but I'm still hoping that he can, you know, plug right in. I'm hoping Vitai can be, you know, better than Rick Wagner was is kind of my hope for him. And then I'd like to see uh, Frank Ragnow take a step forward and be a dominant, dominant center with um, my, my guy, Taylor Decker out on the left side that, uh, Is consistent. He's never going to be an all pro. He's never going to make many Pro Bowls, but I think he's a solid left tackle out there. So, you know, let's get these rookies signed. Bob Quinn, let's consider going out and getting Jadavion Clowney, adding him to this football team at a one year, you know, anywhere from 14 to 16 million bucks, somewhere in that range would be ideal. And have him play that out, hopefully ball out, and then he can go sign wherever he wants after that. And, yeah, we'll uh, we'll take our break. We'll get our sponsors in here. And when I come back, I'm going to break down these three tiers of players that I talked about a few moments ago. And, you know, we'll give you player names and, and position. But I'll spend some time on certain guys talking about why I believe they should be in that spot. But uh, I will move through some of the players rather quickly so we get all these guys in. And you can kind of have a feel for the three tiers of kind of the Detroit Lions roster as I see it and get a feel for who are our top guys, who's maybe at the bottom uh, that you didn't even know was on the roster at this point, and who's that middle group that really is crucial to a football team winning, winning at a high level and winning long-term. So we'll do all that when we come back from the break. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody? We are back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Let's uh. Let's go ahead and get into this. Again, just a reminder, uh, hit that subscribe button. Share this with a friend. Really helps out the show. Keeps us going here. Allows us to upgrade our equipment as well as uh, keep pumping you out uh, to Detroit Lions podcast Wednesdays and Fridays right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And you can also listen to my Believe B-L-E-A-V and Lions podcast, which right now drops on Monday mornings. But, again, the last week or so we've had a huge announcement that Benny Blades, yeah, that's right, the Benny Blades All-Pro Safety for the Detroit Lions, is going to join that show. Looks like that's going to happen. Hopefully our first show will be either July 16th or that next Thursday Thursday. And the show will probably drop Thursday mornings. You can check that out. I'm also going to probably be putting something out on Twitter if you got a a question or you got something you're been a lions fan for decades and decades and you want to ask Benny blades a question about when he played or uh, Wayne font story or something funny, you can definitely, uh, tweet that to me and I will sort through those and try to get those to Benny once we really get rolling uh, with the show. So that's super exciting. So check it out three times a week. You're hearing Detroit lions from me, my buddy, Grifka, Benny blades and, uh, the believe BLEAV and lions podcast. So let's dive into these tiers here. I'm going to start off with the top tier You know, these are guys that, like I say, kind of make the difference between wins and losses. They're um, your top level type football players, the guy that you put most of your money towards, things like that. So these are in no particular order. Kind of what I did, just so you guys know, is I just went to the Lions website. I sorted it by position and at least the positions they had, you know, on the website. And then just worked my way down this list from here. So the the order will be a little bit scrambled. I'll also talk about some of the uh, positions that they have listed, which uh, caught my eye. And talk about certain players here. So, you know, at the top of this list, um, I got Jeff Okuda, the number three overall pick drafted corner. You know, yeah, he's a rookie. Yeah, he's coming in. But he's got to be a top ball player on this team. He's got to replace Slay. Which doesn't mean, you know, 100% from his production, but he definitely needs to be a starter day one, be out on the field, be able to cover the other teams number one, and just impact the ball game. You know, I'm not going to put a number really, I know we've done those shows before of how many picks will he get, um, you know, what kind of things will he do. I just want him to be out there, be a productive player, and, uh, you know, be one of the top players on the Detroit Lions here, both in his first year and definitely moving forward. Next guy on my list, Tracy Walker. I talked about him, about maybe being a pro bowler this year, really jumping on the scene. I think he's going to catch a lot of people in the NFL's eye, as well as be a a leader, a captain, a guy you can depend on. I don't know. Sometimes on this show we call him a dog, and that's Tracy Walker. Um, I just love this guy as a player. I think he's really going to come into his own. I can't wait to see it. Trey Flowers, you know, paid him a bunch of money. Started slow last year and then came on. I think Trey Flowers is a really solid defensive end player. He's not a freaky athlete that's going to get you 20 sacks, but I would expect double-digit sacks almost every year and a lot of disruption and great play in the run game. He's a really solid all-around defensive end, and that's what the Detroit Lions want. Next guy on my list is Jamie Collins. They paid him about $10 million on average, even though when you really look at those numbers, it's it ends up being less than that over the life of the contract. I think he's being brought in here to be a playmaking linebacker as well as a coverage linebacker. I think the Lions need somebody that can cover much better than they've had previously, as well as a guy that can move all around the defense and is athletic enough. Sometimes Jamie Collins is going to win on athleticism, you know, just his ability to do things that other guys can't do. And I'm excited to see it. I hope his head's in the right place. I hope he can be a, uh, a nasty football player and somebody that really helps this defense. Next player on my, my tier one here is Frank Ragnow. They spent a pretty good draft resource um, picking the 20s on Frank. He was a really good offensive lineman, a center in college. Barely let around any sacks. They brought him in as a guard. He struggled a bit. They moved him back to center. He seems like he's found a home, but I still don't see dominance. You know, he, he always does his job. He's always, you know, more than serviceable. But I I don't think of him as this road grader, this guy that defenses just have to deal with. And he's, you know, a total force. Now, I think he can get there. I think this is a big year for Frank Ragnall where he could take a big leap and be a a well-known center in the NFL and somebody that is that type of player. But he just needs to step up, I think, the intensity a little bit as well as the overall strength and the ability to move bodies in there as well as he does a good job with communication. So excited about that. Not much needed to be said on the next guy, Matt Stafford, and he's the quarterback. He's the leader. If he's healthy, I think he makes the type of plays that Pat Mahomes makes with his arm. I think sometimes he needs to come up a little bit bigger in clutch moments, and people are going to say he's got the fourth quarter comebacks. I get it. I'm talking about the biggest games of the season; everything's on the line. He's leading the team. He's getting him jacked up. I put on Twitter at Derek Oakry this week. Um, There's a like a five minute thing with with Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl and. Pat Mahomes was just on every play. He was just, "We got this. Let's go." Getting his guys fired up. You know, don't worry. We're gonna come back and score. Just get open. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Like, he was just yakking all day long with confidence and the ability to say, "We, I'm gonna lead this team verbally, and with my play." And I think we've seen that from some points with Stafford when he's mic'd up. But I need to see it more. I need to see, hey, the division is on the line. You raise the team up and you win the game. You make up for bad plays on defense with what you do with the offensive side of the ball. You don't start slow. We don't need any more slow starts. And then you come back in the fourth quarter, just play really good football and use all these weapons you have. And like I said, I love the guy off the field. I think he has everything when it comes to arm talent. He's still barely 32 years old. There's no reason Matt Stafford can't be the top player on this team, you know, and that's what you want from your quarterback, as well as a guy that can, can elevate this whole team to a new, new higher level than they've been in the past. Now that he has a better, you know, cast around him. Next guy I have on my list is On Johnson. I feel like on I deemed him uh, two years ago, I think it was, to Grifka of a guy that I don't need to see this guy for the next five years to know he's good, and I still don't. He's a good football player. He can run. He can catch a little bit, even though he's had some drop issues. He has the injury issues. We get it. Um, can score in tight. He can also break away if, if he gets a seam with some of his speed. I think he's a, a definitely above-average NFL running back. I'm not too worried about injuries because I feel like injuries are unpredictable. You know, people can say you're injury prone. Some guys are more prone than others, but carry on just a guy that has been beat up and there's no reason he couldn't come and have, you know, all you need him to have is a couple two to three healthy seasons where he's really productive to get right back on track where he should be in his NFL career. So I'm hoping that starts in 2020. He was a fringe player on my list just because I almost moved him into that tier two just because that we now we've taken my next guy on the list, DeAndre Swift, as well as I almost need him to show me again, show me, you know, six, eight games where you really play top level football. You don't drop any passes. You get the yards that are given to you. You break away a couple times and you score some much needed touchdowns for this team, but carry on, Still made my, my tier one, uh, Deandre Swift, the next guy, like I said, you can't baby these rookies. You got to come in and get them the football, use their talent. I think he's a top, you know, Five to eight football player on this team from day one, just based on what he can do with the ball in his hands and, and what he does in other areas as well. So really excited to see DeAndre Swift. You've heard me talk about that many a times on this show. Next player I've got is Deron Harmon. They brought him in from the Patriots, traded for him. Super excited about this guy. I think that a lot of people are sleeping on him. Just, I think we gave up a fifth round pick for him. Oh yeah. He's a veteran safety. Okay. He's coming in. He's, he's nearly 30 years old, whatever he is. This player is going to free up Tracy. It's going to be a great mentor. I think to Will Harris, he can go get the football, which we haven't had since GQ was in his prime, picking off balls multiple times a year, helping us win football games I think Deron Harmon's going to be a player on the field, a leader in the locker room, a guy you're going to love in the community and somebody that if he can play, I don't know what his contract is. I want to say he's got two to three years left. If he can maximize those two, three years in Detroit, he'll end up being a, you know, Detroit favorite, a Detroit legend type player. If he can really play at the level I'm expecting and hoping for really excited about Deron Harmon, as you can tell. So he made that list. Griffka, this is for you. I know you're out there listening somewhere. Taylor Decker, the next guy on my list, left tackle. I mean he's been the left tackle since day one. The word rumor and innuendo is that he's the he's the alpha male in the offensive line locker room. This is a guy that you can depend on. He's a guy that you don't have to worry about if he's out and you know creating issues off the field. Could could his play be dominant, a little more dominant? Sure. Am I putting him in the Hall of Fame or even as an all-pro tackle? No, but he is on this tier one of Detroit Lions football players. Um, guy you can count on. Guy that is going to have way more better, way more good plays than bad and be very productive out there at left tackle, especially if you can get him at a the type of contract. I hope they can work out with him to keep him here a reasonable amount but not have to go spend a new draft pick or a new boatload of money to get a new left tackle. Hey, Grifka, it's a double up for you. TJ Hawkinson is the next player on the list. Yeah, the number eight pick, we get it. You would never take a tight end that high. Hawkinson disappointed me a bit in his rookie year, basically due to injuries and some drops. But watching him again this offseason and seeing the way this guy moves, if he can get that dog in him, if he can get that nasty, if he can get a little bit of, um, you know, he's been bulking up in the offseason, which people have seen. I think TJ Hawkinson could be a player that you can totally depend on. I can see him being a matchup nightmare. I can see the middle of the field being totally taken over by TJ Hawkinson, allowing the guys on the outside more room to work. I think he probably take a step forward this year. And then 2021, 2022 is where I expect him to elevate into that top 10, maybe even top five tight end type category. Marvin Jones Jr. Next guy on the list, a final year on his contract with the Lions, Love what he does. He's been a little banged up the last couple years, which you don't like to see. But when he is out there, he can do it all. Always seems to outproduce what you'd expect from a guy that I think only makes $8 million or so when top end receivers in his realm are getting, you know, 10 $12, 15000000 10 $12, 15000000 million type type category. So it's a great bargain as well as he's a great guy on and off the field as well. I think he could come in and have a good year. If he has a really good year, you know, obviously you don't think the lions would be able to keep him. If he has a middle of the year and, and he wants to stay with the lions, I wouldn't be opposed to them working out, you know, a two, three year extension for this type of player and then see what happens. But, you know, I think Marvin's a guy you can definitely count on. He's a guy that can make plays. Kenny Galladay is definitely on my list here. I'm right after Marvin, not in that type of order, but Kenny's the number one on this team. He's, he, she deserves to get paid. Now, there's a, there's a threshold. I'm willing to pay him. I see him in that 12 to 15 million dollar range right now as a player, you know, over a four or five year deal, but there's been no word on him getting extended or any type of numbers coming out. With the Lions, so we'll see how that shakes out. But Kenny's a beast, he can do it all. Love, love what he brings. What a great pick by Bob Quinn. And the last guy I had on my tier one, um, Sean Hand. I feel like Deshaun Hand's been totally forgot about. He suffered through injuries, and he can move inside, outside. He's big body, can brush. I mean, he's not an elite. Um, athlete in some areas, but he was the number one, you know, high school prospect. He had a good college career. He really balled out his first little bit with the lions and he's been snake bit with injuries. I would hope he comes back healthy and people remember, wow, this guy's a dominant guy on the defensive line because people act like we have nobody up there. But when they do that, I feel like they're forgetting about Deshaun Hand completely. I think he can be great. Him and Flowers can be the two centerpieces. And then you've got some young guys and other people coming up that should be more than solid as well. So that was my tier one. I gave you guys a little bit on each one of those guys. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick it into high gear here as I get to the middle tier. Because there are so many players in this middle tier. And I think that's a good thing for the Detroit Lions. I think you want your middle tier of players to be the guys that don't make a ton of money in most cases are younger for the most part and are guys that have upside, you know, guys that you can build your team around or that um, you're, you're counting on to play bigger roles both now and in the future. And I think that's what the Detroit lions have. You know, some of these names are going to underwhelm some, especially if you are outside the Detroit market, you'd be like, man, who's that guy or why is that guy on there? But I'm telling you from my perspective, this is kind of my middle tier. So I'm going to read off. I'll do about half the list. And then I'll circle back to talk about a few of the guys. So to start my list again, no particular order, Jamal Agnew wide receiver. The Lions do still have him as a cornerback on their depth chart, which is either a tell, but probably more so lazy it guy that doesn't update the depth chart or the depth charts not updated because Matt, Pat and Bob Quinn say, don't update our depth chart because We don't want to give anybody any, anything on our football team. Uh, that's probably more so what it is to be honest. Justin Coleman, cornerback, I mean, he makes, what, $8 million plus a year, so he almost went my Tier 1, but I just didn't see enough in that first year, I felt like he was too hit or miss for me to go in Tier 1, so Justin Coleman is here, McCray, the cornerback, special teams guy, he got A-O-O, baby, um, Ory Warrior, the cornerback is there. After him, we've got Austin Bryant, which the Lions have listed as a defensive end, which I know when they drafted him, I think they drafted him more as a linebacker. I would love to see him on the opposite edge of flowers if they don't add my boy Jadavion Clowney or some other big time prospect like a um you know, the guy from Minnesota or some other type of free agent that is out there. I'd love to see Austin Bryant with his hand in the dirt coming after people. We got Julian O'Quara, the rookie, who's also listed as a defensive end, not a linebacker. You've got Romeo O'Quara, defensive end. John Pennacini, defensive tackle. Jay Sean Cornell, defensive tackle. Danny Shelton, DT. Nick Williams and in the interior. And then Bo Benchwal offensive guard, as well as Joe Dahl. Good job, Joe Dahl, offensive guard. So that's kind of like, that's a nearly maybe less than half of my list right there. You know, when you look at that list, I mean, the names that jump out to me is Coleman. really needs to be a ball player this year. He needs to be a guy that's always consistent in the slot, a guy that can make plays somebody that's really uh, impactful based on what he's being paid. And you know, the slot corner is a very important position, in the, in the current NFL. So need to see that type of play from, from, from Justin Coleman there. And then, like I said, I I mentioned Austin Bryant. I'd love to see him take a huge leap forward. He's totally slept on by everybody. He's either going to be boom or bust. I'm here to tell you, Austin Bryant is either going to be a real ball player that jumps out. It's like, man, what a steal in the fourth round. Or a guy that in two years you're thinking, man, we didn't get much from him. He was hurt a lot. He never really lived up when he did play. And he'd be off the roster. But I'm expecting good things from Austin Bryant based on his size, talent, ability, what we saw at Clemson. And then the two Aquara boys jump off the the page. Because like I said, going all the way back to my draft uh, prep, I... I said I would love to team up these guys for lots of different reasons. Now, they are. I want to see production. I want to see good play and see them both locked in. Danny Shelton, I think, can be a really good piece in the middle of the defense. I expect him to take over the snacks role as well as be athletic and physical and nasty. I hope he has all those things in there. And then, you know, when you look at the guards that I had at the bottom of the list, Joe Dahl and Ben those are two guys where... A lot of people are just writing in Joe Dahl by default as left guard. I don't know if he's not good enough or if other people are better, I could easily see him being replaced and either being a backup or even potentially off the roster bench wall, same thing. He he's toiled around last year at the bottom or on the roster, never getting snaps. I mean, I'd love to see him as a quality backup, but he could definitely be a guy that bumps to tier three or even off the roster here on my current list. Next set of players, let's look at these guys. I got Grifka's other favorite, Jared Davis. I've got Christian Jones, Jelani Tavai, Jelani Tavai, who almost made my tier one. I'll talk about that in a moment. The ever steady death taxes and John Don Mulebach, the long snapper. You got Crosby, the swing tackle. You got Jonah Jackson, the rookie, offensive guard, Stenberg, interior offensive lineman, Fox, the punter, Chase Daniel, not Daniels, everybody, Daniel. Let's get that right. Chase Daniel, the quarterback. You got Huntley, the rookie, wide receiver, running back, special team, or whatever you want to call him. I got Ty Johnson here in my tier two, Bo Scarborough as well. So looking at that, I mean, Again, we're always going to have the fight, Jared Davis, me, and Grifka. He's always going to say he's not great, not that great, let me get that right, because he's not in the Pro Bowl. He's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to always back him up because I still see great things on and off the field. I see ability to run and hit. Now, some of his instincts and some of his coverage is lacking, but... Like I say, I don't paint these pictures of these guys as perfect players. Just because I praise a guy or say I see things in him doesn't mean he doesn't have flaws. So let's get that straight. They're a waffle maker. And I just think Jared Davis can be good still. I mean, I think he can take a leap. I could be wrong here, but I just think he can be a good linebacker player on your football team. I mean, he's in my tier two. I just feel like even if he underproduces his draft pedigree. He can still either be a starter, be a backup, be uh, an impactful physical player on this team. So I've got him there. Jelani Tavai, the reason I bumped him to tier two was just because I haven't seen enough yet. And because he showed that he was a complete knucklehead in some degrees by putting things on Instagram of him, you know, what was he doing? He was playing, uh, He's playing beer pong, but with tequila with his family. And then he was setting off fireworks that blew up in his face, you know, supposedly no injuries, no issues. But those two things made me think this guy a little more of a knucklehead than I hoped. I mean, I hope he comes out and just plays the middle linebacker position. I think I told Logan Lamarand like dude might have, you know, 80 to a hundred tackles. I could see him being real physical, lots of cleanup tackles in the middle of that defense. So if he does that, and he plays well, and he's and he's solid off the field, and these were just two dumb mistakes that he put online recently, he might get to Tier 1 there next year. But right now he's in Tier 2, and I have high expectations, but I can't tell you I saw a ton his rookie year other than a few plays here or there. Let's see, anybody else to talk about? I think I hinted on Jonah Jackson earlier that I found some issues with him when i watching tape. I mean... We'll see what the guy brings. I hope he's a really good offensive lineman, but I'm, I'm a little hesitant now to pencil him in because I just didn't see the physicality or the consistency that I really wanted once I broke it down a little bit more. Stenberg, I think, no doubt has the physicality, but will he be able to move and 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 be able to handle some of these interior players that he'll face based on what he saw at Kentucky is a, is a question for me. Huntley is going to be one of my favorite players to watch because I just don't know what this guy's going to bring to the table. He might wow us. He also might underwhelm and be off the roster before they even get to the 2020 season. I I really don't know. I saw some things on Ty Johnson that he had kind of redid his body as a lot of the Lions players have, bulked up muscle-wise and looks a lot more physical. And if he can bring some of that to the football field, that'd be nice because I haven't seen many plays from this guy whatsoever. Uh, that's about what I got on, on that group of players. Again, these are the guys that are making up the core of your roster as well as guys that you need to lean on, even though, Griff could listen up. They're not going to be on NFL posters. They're not going to be the top players that are, you see in the magazines. They're not going to be um, wearing a gold jacket, but they still are really important to the team. Let's get through my last list in this tier two. Desmond Trufant, Will Harris. Curse the safety they brought in, Killebrew, Hal Vitae, right tackle. Let's see here. We got Hunter Bryant, the undrafted tight end. We've got, let's see here. We got everybody's favorite, Jesse James, the worthless piece of crap that did nothing last year. He really needs to take a step forward. We've got Isaac Nata, who has seemed unathletic as could be, and now he's the guy I'm rooting for on the team. I hope he can take a step forward. I've got, let's see who else I got on this list here. Geronimo Allison made my, my tier two, barely. Amendola was on my tier two. Cephas Fulgham barely sneaked into my tier two. And Marvin Hall as well. So, again, we're looking basically at, you know, safeties, tight ends, wideouts. Start out with Trufant, though. He was the other corner on this list. Gosh, Trufant is a question mark for me, man. He can either be in one or three, and I put him in two just to somewhat be safe because I don't know what to expect from him. I think he can be a solid player. I think he's a guy that could surprise people with how well he plays and how much Detroit loves him. I could also see it being a, a miss as well. Uh, Will Harris, a guy I've supported a lot. He did let me down last year. He was slow in coverage. It didn't look like he recognized. Finally, at the end of the year, they let him play a little more free, and he seemed to maybe click for him, but we'll see what he does. Now I don't see him getting up to Tier 1, because you obviously have DeRon Harmon and Tracy Walker there, but just be a solid backup or you know player you can create packages for I guess is sort of my current hope for Will Harris let's see here Killabrew barely made my tier two just based on it. he just made it on his special teams abilities if I had my way I'd bump him to tier three and he might be off the roster he got uh he got you know Geronimo Allison I mean I don't know. I, I don't know this guy, if there's a spot for him. You know, you got your top three after that. It's Allison, Fulgham, Cephas, Hall. You know, how do those guys going to shake out? I mean, I would think it might be the top three. Geronimo and Cephas and Hall would kind of be what I would think. You know, but I still like what Fulgham has. I just don't know if they can wait a full another season for him until Marvin or other guys maybe depart. And, yeah, Hal Vita, you know, they're paying him 10, 12 million bucks. You would think he would be in tier one, but the guy hasn't shown it. He hasn't been a starter, and I don't even know that if unless he plays out of his mind that he could get to tier one after this season. So you're paying a right tackle that's probably going to be a mid-tier player for you. A boatload of money, and... Like I say, hopefully he's better than Rick Wagner, so we'll see what happens. So that's my tier two. I am excited about it overall. I mean, I know I've talked about some guys that are a little bit, you know, you're you're hoping or you're you're expecting a jump, but there's plenty of football players there that if you compared it to other teams, like the Lions have a younger core, some guys that are really quality, solid football players at what the team is asking them to do, and. And that's really what you need because a lot of these guys aren't making very much money. You know, they're making, the, you know, those um, low end NFL contracts or like the few guys I put in that were higher paid or are, are guys that are just your, you know, they're not at your key positions either, which is nice. Like sometimes you you look at this, and you're like, wow, you know, you don't want a bunch of your top defensive ends, um, corners, quarterback you don't want those guys in tier two and the lions. If you look at the tier one, I, I had top corners. I had quarterback. I had some skill players, um, some defenders as well. And that's what you look for. You know, you want those type of premier positions in tier one and tier two. So I think they're set up decently nice. You know, when I worked through this list, there definitely was some, some players where I was, would like a little bit more in that tier one. I'd like a little bit higher end players at some spots here in tier two, but Like I say, you get to tier three and like, these are the guys that a lot of people don't even think or know are on the Detroit lions. They are out there. The team seems something in them, but they're not going to impact the 53 man roster for the most part. And I don't expect many, if any of these guys to sort of be around when it's all said and done, we'll go through these pretty quick. We got Bodine, the backup center, Mike Ford, the Winsock cornerback, Michael Jackson, the cornerback, I have a little bit of high hopes for him, but I just haven't heard or seen anything. So he's tier three for me. Daryl Roberts, a veteran corner. I could see him making the making the roster depending on injuries and how things shake out. But right now I put him on tier three. D-Virgin, I mean, he's been around and actually been active on the team for a bit. I, I just see him being bottom or off the roster. Uh, Haran, the defensive end, John Atkins. Uh, Sagapulo, defensive tackle, strong defensive tackle, Nick Baden, fullback. I feel like the Lions are moving away from fullback. I could be wrong. I could see them keeping Baden, but it just seems like maybe his time is out. He hasn't showed enough, hasn't been healthy, and hasn't impacted the run game the way they hoped. But we'll see with him. Sellers, the backup fullback that they have. Um Let's see, some of these guys I don't even know, like Benny Benny Nooch, Beninoch, uh offensive guard. You've got Garnett there, offensive guard. Had draft pedigree, but I just don't see a ton from this guy. It's worth a gamble, though. Good old Kenny Wiggins made my tier three. I mean, maybe bottom of the roster, maybe off the roster. Jason Kabinda same thing. Elijah Lee, special teams guy. I could see him, you know, not making it. Pittman, the linebacker, they seem to like, but I don't know how he would crack this group of linebackers they already have. The veteran, the guy they brought in, Reggie Ragland, made my tier three, and there's a couple reasons. I have him sort of as kind of a backup middle linebacker, in my projections. But when I started looking at his numbers, the guy's only 26 years old, which I think is still good. I could definitely see a season or two of good play out of him at that age, but they only guaranteed him $173,500 for Reggie Raglin. I mean, his his base is a million dollars barely on a one-year deal. So to me, that's a total cuttable contract. If he makes it and makes an impact, wow, what a savings that would be for a a player that has some snaps in the NFL and now has a Super Bowl ring in Reggie Ragland. We'll see what happens with them. Jalen Reeves Mabin, you know, also made my tier three. I mean, he's a special teams demon, but I couldn't find a spot for him in, in tier two there when it came to linebackers. Sam, the linebacker, you know, tier three. Wordle, uh, backup long snapper. Abouche, backup offensive guard. Uh, Sip. Sipic, uh the backup uh, punter, I probably didn't pronounce that right. We got David Blau, uh, third-string quarterback. I mean, we saw what he had last year, which was very little. I mean, like I say, I like the mix of him, Daniel, and Stafford, Texas boys. They all seem to know each other. They could be a good quarterback room, but don't expect much from David Blau if he does have to play. Oh, you got good old West Hills, you know, you know, the old West Hills on a Friday night when the sun starts to set. Yeah. The West Hills, it's a, it's a beautiful for scenery, but it's tier three or off the roster when it comes to Detroit lions, you've got uh Dinson backup safety, Elliott out of Notre Dame, backup safety with a little bit of upside. I just don't know where he would play or how he would make the make the, the roster or sneak into tier two there. You got C.J. Moore, who's been on the team, special teamer. I could see him being off. Price, backup safety as well. Nelson, offensive tackle. Skipper, offensive tackle. Sokol, backup tight end. Victor Bolden, backup wide receiver. Davis, backup wide receiver. Kendi, Backup wide receiver and everybody's favorite Lacey backup receiver finished out my tier three. So if my count is right and if the lions based on just what they had on their website, that's about 88 names right there. I think 14 or so of those names were my tier one, you know, you've got from 15 to 51 or so in my tier two. And then you've got from about 53, 54, all the way down to the end of the roster in that tier three. So there it is. There's my breakdown. I mean, again, you only take in 53, or I think it's down to 48, whatever it is on game days, 53 men during the season. You got the eight-man practice squad, I think it is. So, you know, that's kind of how it breaks down. Like everybody that's after that, you know, 60s, 65-ish cutoff is basically, you know, these are guys that don't make the roster, don't make an impact on the team, so they're not going to kill you. And if one of, or two surprise you and end up making the team, great. If a lot of those guys in tier two that I said play well and above their their pay and above their previous, you know, play on the field. I think you'll have a good middle of this roster and then you need your top guys. You need Okuda to play well. You need Tracy to come into his own. Trey Flowers needs to be a ball player. You know, Jamie Collins needs a surprise. Frankie needs to be a beast in there. Matt Stafford, sling it around the yard. Swift and and carry on need to ball out. You know, Jeron Harmon, be that ball hawk in safety. Taylor Decker, Grifka's going to send you a Christmas card. He loves you and thinks you're the best left tackle in the business. I agree with him. I think you're a solid football player. TJ Hawkinson will take a leap forward this year and and exponentially in 2021. You got Marvin, you got Kenny, and don't forget about Sean Hand on the front line. So those are the guys you got to count on. Those are the impact ball players. And that's how I see the roster right now in a three-tier buckets when it comes to Detroit Lions. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Again, hit that subscribe button. Give me a follow on Twitter at Derek Ocree, D E R E K O K R I E. Be back at you on Friday with another Detroit Kool-Aid cast and next Monday. Uh, well, next week um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I got us still a couple things to do with Benny blades. Hopefully maybe next week um, you might be hearing believe in Lions on Thursday with Benny blades. So we'll see if we can work that out. If not, keep your eyes out for that. And again, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. It really means a lot. And uh, we're 3-4 weeks away from training camp if all goes well. So, excited for that. Football is hopefully around the corner. Take care everybody. Drink it in. I'm out. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.